Welcome to Moving With Life. This is episode number 15. I am Andy Acosta. My friends, Eddie Sines, Brian Luevanos, Freddy Jimenez, and Alex Quans join me on this conversation today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for lending us your ears for the next hour and a half. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave reviews. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Episode number 15 is an awesome one. It's a funny one and even a little bit serious at times. Our friends, Freddie and Alex, join us on this episode. We were at South Padre Island for the weekend because we had a w- private wedding gig. So Freddie tagged along for the ride and then Alex ran sound for us that night. So at some point I told Alex, hey man, what are you doing for lunch? I told him to join us. And from there we went back to the hotel, started talking, the guy started talking, conversing. I said, hey, hold on, stop talking. Let me get my podcast equipment and let's record, you know, let's put this on tape. So that's what this conversation revolves around. It's very much improvised. And even then, we still talk about finance. We still talk some jujitsu. We talk a little bit of music. We talk about what we've done throughout the week. And you'll see that there are some humorous parts as well. So without further ado, here is Moving With Life. So we were talking about compound interest versus simple interest. Uh, what, what was your what was your thing? What was your thing, Brian? What were you talking? What, you guys, what you guys had brought up right now? And I was like, stop, stop. We need we need to put this on tape because no, it's was not going to happen. Negotiating his interest rate. Right. On a credit card or on a yeah, credit card. I think the best way is to shop around, find like other credit cards that are like I guess structured the same way, which really they pretty much are yeah. all of them. Yeah. So then. Find a competitive rate and then call your company and be like, yo, been a loyal customer, um, but I've been offered this other card at a, at a lower rate. I'd like to keep the relationship here because of our history or whatever. And uh, I was wondering, or I, I'd like to know if you guys can match. I uh, did something similar, but I was just kind of like teasing for like, just for having fun's sake. Uh-huh. Um, I was at Walmart the other day in town and... Um, you know, like they have the, uh, the the like Spectrum dudes up there now, or like DirecTV or whoever the hell it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the guy's like, "Hey, sir, he's like, he's like, what what's your cable provider right now?" And I was like, "AT and T Uverse." And he's like, "Oh, I was like, well, like DirecTV, like DirecTV is also owned by AT and T. I could like probably get you like a lower deal if like you like you if I could talk to you about switching." And I was like, I was like, "All right, well, like, what's your like what's your deal?" He's like, "Well, I guarantee you, like, I'll be able to beat whatever you're paying now." He's like, "What are you paying now?" It's like eleven dollars. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, no, but what are you really paying now? I was like, eleven dollars. <laughs> and I was like, can you beat it at ten? <laughs> ten dollars a month. And he's like, well, I can't do ten dollars a month. I was like, well, you said you'd beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a similar situation happened like that too. I walk into Walmart, and the DirecTV guy comes up to me, and I was telling him, I was telling him that he goes, and he asked me the same question, and I told him I was like, no, I, I, uh, I have Spectrum. And he's like, how much are you paying? 80 bucks a month. Oh, that's a really good price. And he's like, for internet and cable? I'm like, yes, for internet and cable. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, you're not going to say have a good day or anything else. Just like, <laughs> throw, me, no. throw me out on the wind. All right. That's enough about interest. Okay. <laughs> Man, you guys... You guys made it seem like we were gonna talk first. <laughs> no, he literally just asked, "How do you negotiate? But, but, uh, how can I negotiate my interest rate?" I was actually gonna ask though about what if uh, you pay more than the minimum payment of your credit card. 
Well, that's, that's okay. <laughs> like, would that, no, but would that lower the interest rate? No, not the not the rate. Oh, okay. unless you negotiate the rate itself. Oh, okay. So you automatically have to negotiate. Can you can you, uh, like, is there like any recommended time to like renegotiate? Like, is there like any type of like timeline that you can use or suggest or like or that you would suggest maybe right. that would be in, not even optimal, know, just because just you know if you do it today and they say no, okay, when's the next good time to do it? Man, I don't know Tomorrow? for sure, no. but it, I I for sure for sure would not do it before six months. You know, and have some type of history and say, to where you can say, you can comfortably say, I funnel X amount of money through this card each month. And, uh, you know, just just so that, I mean, so you have enough enough history with them that, you know, that they want to keep your business, that, that you can say, I'm a loyal customer. So I guess whatever you think would be would be appropriate, but definitely not, not less than six months. I'd say from six to a year would be... At least something to be yeah. worth thinking about, as opposed to you'd have enough. You'd have enough to go back tomorrow. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've had my credit card for years, but I mean, I've always been on the back end, like at least more than over the hump than actually behind it when it comes to actually paying my credit card mm-hmm. off. I mean, I've been doing the minimum payments or more than that, but I mean, I never actually fully paid it off. Right. So that's why I was like, would the interest actually go down, or would I still have to negotiate? Not the rate. You can you have. The rate for the rate itself, you'd have to negotiate. But like, would I have to like at least take a couple payments down along down the road where I'm like at least at a midpoint, where yeah, I'm I don't not know about close that. to maxing it out, but I'm like at least before it. I don't know about that, but if you're close to maxing it out and you can't get out of it, then you definitely want to negotiate. Oh, okay, I see. What you mean. Because otherwise, it's you know it's, it's a vicious cycle. You just you're you're trying to pay just you know the interest or the interest building up on it. Yeah. And you're never, if you give them minimum payments, you're never going to get out of it. Yeah, it's true. That. So. No, it's just, I'll, I'll leave it there sometimes and I'll, I'm like, nah, I don't really, I, like, I don't even use it at all. It's just, I feel overwhelmed. Like, I don't want to do it. Like, I just want to pay it. You should pay it. No, but I do. Okay, every, every month. But I just, like, I don't use it at all. Oh, okay, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so, you guys have heard Freddie a little bit. We have a friend, Sound guru alex kwans is here as well here i am <laughs> yeah, he's here uh he's helping us out with this gig at this venue for this private oh well, it's a wedding. private gig wedding yeah i was just, i was trying to leave it as as general as possible so we don't have to like feel like we need to disclose any details on it uh for the sake of the hosts that are that have hired us but uh if i want to get into real quick just some background alex if you could just introduce yourself yeah, sure. And uh, what what you do? Barry, it's like I know. Thirty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought you were done like hours ago. Well, checkout's probably at well, like three. Eleven. Checkout's at eleven. Check in. Oh, check in. Yeah, check in. Yeah, three. Three. So before we were rudely interrupted. <laughs> uh, Alex, yeah, if you could just give some background where you're, where you're from, maybe your hometown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I grew up. Uh, in Brownsville, Texas here. Um, lived there for like the majority of my life. I lived in Denton, Texas for a little bit. Went to college there for a little bit. Uh, was like a little baby there for a little bit. Hmm. Cool. Um, right now I work at this music venue, songwriters club place called The Prelude in Harlingen, Texas. And I do a little bit of everything music related kind of. Uh, you know, I, I run live sound, instrument repair, uh, perform there. 
cook in the kitchen, you know, every That's job awesome. I can do pretty much. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, what got you into music or, or, yeah, what got you into music? What got you to, to then now, I mean, do working for a venue. I mean, essentially working for a venue, doing everything you can to just be a part of a venue. Yeah. Um, well, my, my dad is a, he's a guitar instructor at a university. You know, mm. he has his uh, doctorate in guitar performance. So that was kind of my, like, intro into that world a little Fair bit. Enough. You know, I'd always go see him when I was a little kid and his students and all that stuff. Um, but as far as working at the Prelude, uh, I really started, like, gigging and just playing with my band more, and we got our start there at the Prelude. We played our first show there. Cool. And uh, the owner there, Angel Rodriguez, um, he was always, like, really cool with us and really open with his knowledge as far as uh, music and stuff like that goes. And um, the first time I really started working there was just asking him for advice, basically, you know. How, how do you run sound like yeah. you know i know a little bit i know enough to like use my guitar amp and like a little personal pa or something but like how do i run sound for a whole band or you know how do you go from you know a really like intimate acoustic show to running like a giant a full, full band. on rock and roll yeah even exactly. if it's a country band with a full on rock and roll setting yeah and then how do you take that to where you're really adding to their artistry as a, a sound um professional you know like, like that the volume swell, making the, the lady cry at that, like, perfect moment in the song, or, you know, that little extra bit of reverb on the, you know, quiet section sort of thing, mm -hmm. so. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, man, I, I, had a, I, had a, I did have a follow-up question. I forgot. <laughs> um, I think that was a little, that was gold, though. <laughs> we just need towels. Just towels, please. <laughs> Freddie, let's go to you real quick. If you could give a little introduction on yourself, I've known you for many years. I know Brian's known you, Eddie's known you. We all went to the same high school together, so uh, give a little intro to yourself, where you're from, a little bit of background. Um, I'm from McAllen, or McAllen area, Edinburgh. Uh, went there through high school, uh, decided to go up to Kingsville for some reason, and then uh, <laughs> went to school there, uh, graduated. And uh, my first job was in Corpus for uh, an engineering firm. And after living the life of being on my own for at least a good year and a half, two years working, uh, moving back down, back to the McAllen and working for another engineering firm. What got you into engineering? Um, probably my, my dad, yeah. He, uh, he was a CAD technician for the city of McAllen for a, a really long time. and. I mean, just being around that what, atmosphere. What's, what's that? What's the? Um, they're pretty much they just draw the blueprints for uh, many different clients. Okay. Like the engineer will give them their design and they would put it on paper. And uh, I guess just being around that, like most of my adolescence, uh, it just it, it clicked. It just felt natural flow going into it, going through college, going through the classes, actually seeing the process of how it was how it was designed, how it was made, how it was put on paper, and then presenting a final product. Right. Very cool. So for Brian and Eddie, how was you guys' weeks? I always kind of start with that question on purpose. It's, us it's usually eventful. I, I feel like we talk, we've been talking less and less throughout the week because we've been busy with our day-to-day, -day, which is good. I think it's good. Uh, it, to me, it's a sign of growth. It's a sign of, like, you know, putting the phone down and doing any work, you know, even if it's on a computer, but if you're doing, if you're doing comms, if you're doing emails, if you're sending out stuff, talking to people, um, or developing whatever your mission, whatever your brand, or whatever your 
job op- occupation asks of you. Um, I know I've definitely sensed that. These, at least these past three weeks, that's the way it's felt for me, where it seems like we've been talking less and less, and then when we get together for the podcast or we get together for dinner or for coffee or whatever, it's like, okay, we talk for, you know, by the time you know three hours pass, and it's like, damn it, we could have recorded another podcast today. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, yeah, it's been pretty busy for me the past, like, several weeks, really. Just, like, everything with releasing the album has been, like, something new every day. And then the biggest stress factor has been the artwork, um, which the graphic designer has been, like, super cool with, and I'm super thankful for that. It's the people who are copying the CD that have been really difficult. And um, I ran into a situation with them where um, initially they had approved the artwork that I sent them that fit into the template and it was going to work fine. And, um, and so they were just ready to start printing it. And so they billed me for it, um, which I'll go ahead and share that cost is like upwards of $2,200 for a thousand copies. So um, like they billed me for that and then I paid them for it um, like on their like online account or whatever. Like, send them the money, it's all paid for, it's all covered, they're good to start, you know, making it, and then they're going to ship it to me. Mm-hmm. And then they email me, like, a couple days later, like, hey, yeah, they're telling me that, like, this, like, specific template for the packaging, like, it's going to cost you 44 cents more per unit for this, like, one little spot. And I was just like, you, like, fucking kidding me? It's like, we already, like, you already, A, approved the artwork, and, like, B, you already billed me, C, I already paid you, this is your problem, like, you need to swallow this money. But they don't want to swallow that money. Yeah. So I'm ordering a thousand copies at forty-four cents a unit. That's four hundred and forty more dollars. I'm not willing to spend. Have they gone so back to you? Shouldn't have to spend. Have they gone back to you um, since then? Because I know we had talked about that maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. Well, it, I, it, had, it had it had risen. You know, we kind of talked about what to do next. What the next step would be. I um I dropped the sense that I that I would not be afraid to take legal action to recoup any losses, and um, um what's funny is like my entertainment lawyer lives like literally right down the street from their company. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, but yeah, I just kind of dropped that in there, and they just kind of like didn't even flinch. They kind of don't care. So, and with where I'm at right now, I just need the damn thing done. Like, I can't like just get in a legal battle that's gonna cost me more dollars, like more thousands of dollars right now. But like at some point, I definitely want to like take it to court if possible, and just have my lawyer represent me over there because I feel like that's money I could be recouping because it's not money I should have to be spending. Right, and so, I, I, um, I remember when you brought that up, and one, to me, it's like once the sale's final, then you already agreed, given previously, you know, on that. So yeah, I, I remember that. That yeah. What about you, Brian? How's how's your week been? My week started off slow, and I was thankful for it, and then it just picked up. Went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, yeah, I just had some you know personal stuff to take care of late Thursday evening and all of Friday, so definitely took a toll on me so uh it's uh it's a good it's a good it was a good friday evening it's been a good saturday over here at the beach so, yeah I was, I was about to, i was just about to mention that like it, it seems to be rewarding to be at the yeah. island for for the weekend uh it's <laughs> i don't i don't even remember the last time i came when was well i i feel like it was like in august or something maybe that's in that well, i came i came with freddie and a couple other friends in december yeah uh, I don't think we actually went. We got we went on the beach, right? That um, time. I guess it kind of kind of was like a. It was kind of close we to a coast in a sense. Yeah, we just came for an event. Yeah. Um, then headed out to like a bar for the night, and, and that was it. Yeah. So, but yeah, this is this feels a little more relaxing. Yeah, de- I definitely, cause I for sure last year, with the exception of the time that I came with you and the other friends, uh, 
every time I've been coming to the islands just for a gig, you know, I play at Louis or whatever. It's like, okay, cool. And I'm, I'm in, you know, we get here at 6, sound check set up, and then we're done by midnight, 11 o'clock, and then go back home because I'm dead tired, you know, whatever. It's already been a full day. Uh, what do you like to do for fun, Alex? Man, I, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of free time right now. I mean, I work, like, pretty much every day at the prelude. Good. So, um, but, you know, I, I work on my own, like, uh, music. Uh, I'm trying to build up my songwriting skills a little bit. Awesome. So that's what I'm doing in my free time. This is right what now. I was going to ask you. Uh, your band, you mentioned your band. What's your band's name? Battery Ape. Battery Ape. That's, yeah. that's super awesome. What What would you describe it as? Um, that's just kind of like my like fun little like side thing mm-hmm. is kind of what it's turning into now. Um, you know, like everybody's busy. You know, the other guys are like school teachers and, you know, the other guys working on his master's degree sort of thing. So yeah. it's like we just get together when we can and try and have like a good time. Yeah, have a good little jam. Yeah. Even if it's, impo- you know, even for a small gig, but just jam out and have a good time. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Um, how long have you, how long has Better Ape been like together in, in that system? Uh, probably about two years. Very cool. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I've been playing with a bass player forever. I've known him no, since bro. we were little kids, so we, we played together in, you know, multiple different bands. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like I said, for me, coming to the island, for, like, having last night off, having a few drinks, and just relaxing was a total change of pace. That yeah. I think we all need it. And, like, well, today you were going to go eat and then kind of hang out. I'm like, dude, come with us. I'm like, come yeah, on, man. Like, sure. like we got a hotel room. You know, we're, we're, it's nice and cool. We're in, we're, we're in coat. You know, we're not in, out in the sun or anything. And, uh, I'm really sweaty. I haven't showered. And he hasn't showered <laughs> in, like, three days, four days. Cause Two days. That's, that's, that's his thing. This is the second day. This is, this is his second day. He's going on his 48-hour sweat. The good thing is we have a gig tonight, so maybe he'll, maybe he'll shower for the gig. I'm definitely going to shower for the gig. I, feel, <laughs> I just feel so grimy. I, I made a new personal vest, and I went without a shower like three days straight last week. I remember that. stupid. He showed up to practice like, I haven't showered since like Monday or Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. I feel like the absolute worst when I haven't showered, but yet but yes. I'll forget to shower. <laughs> I've also been, forget- I've been so busy, I've been forgetting to eat a lot, too, like eat lunch. Yeah. I, like, started eating lunch at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'll just forget. Yeah. And then my stomach will growl, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> forgot. Forgot about you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's about where I'm at. I eat breakfast at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon or something. Damn. I work nights. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. I did have a follow-up question, but I forgot again. I'll remember in, like, a minute. Timing. Yeah, that's why it took me a while. I'm like, okay, let me let me get back to Alex because it's like it's it's gonna, it's gonna come back. I just keep, I gotta keep talking. I gotta keep talking. I gotta get everything out. Freaking monkey mind. What about you, Freddie? What do you like to do for fun? Um, I guess other than work out, uh, go out, hang out with friends, watch some fights, probably UFC fights. But other than that, uh, just try and relax on my days off. What what does relax mean? Uh, you just watching TV, mostly Netflix. Just watch there, binge watch a binge watch a good episode or two. How do you you can't binge watch a good episode or two, buddy? Okay, binge binge watch a season. season. (laughs) Or you binge watch a show, but it doesn't matter how many. More than two. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I'm just picking on you. The, wor- the worst one was when I binge watched Bones. It was uh, <laughs> I like that show. About uh, I think it was maybe 15 episodes per season, 44 minutes each episode. 
I binge watched like probably like ten in one day. Ten episodes? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm over exaggerating. Maybe it might have been eight, but still. Let's say it was ten. Let's, let's say, say it was ten. Let's do the time there. So ten at forty-five. That's four hundred and forty-five minutes divided by sixty. I mean, that's your whole day. Yeah. <laughs> that's your whole day. You're talking about at least a good eight hours. Seven point four two hours. Seven point four two hours. A good eight hour work day. A good work day. Good eight hour work. All in a day's work. All in a day's work. Well, fair enough, because you work in an engineering firm, so you work Monday through Friday. Yeah. Uh, I started doing the whole waking up at 5 a.m. to Good. have at least time for the gym, but yeah, work day usually starts at 8 and maybe 5.30, 6. And even then, sometimes you stay late. Yeah, there was, uh, there was actually, um, it was kind of funny, the first day I was adamant, like, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym. That first day, uh, I didn't get out of work till about 11.30. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about <laughs> you had a thir- twelve plus six eighteen hour day. Yeah, it was. What was that? It was a. Uh, it was Holy Week, yeah, because you had that uh, Good Friday off. Mm-hmm. But that Monday, you had to get everything done. I, yeah, I didn't. Early. We had to get everything done by Thursday, and I didn't get out of work till about eleven thirty. So, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty tough. I love these mic, dude. Let's get into mics real quick. So What's these up? microphones that I use, thirty bucks each on Amazon. Are, what are they, the MXL? And newer NW800s. Okay. Like 32 bucks PC, super cheap. And oh, wow. I, I strictly got it for the podcast. I'm like, okay, when I first started the podcast, of course, being being new, I've used GarageBand, but never for this stuff. Right. And it's like, okay, I need to keep it simple because the thing is, for now, I'm paying for everything. Right. Eventually, I do want to get sponsors. Eventually, I want to get that onboard ads and stuff, right? Because that helps just keep structure to the podcast, right? Right. So... In the beginning, I was like, okay, I got, I got, I got, think low budget, and I went on Amazon, and it's like, okay, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at like the AT, what's the like the one hundred dollar mics from AT from Audio-Technicos, which are the pretty standard uh, condensers. Yeah, I forget it's the It's like model AT twenty twenty. Yeah. I think it's AT twenty twenty. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it's so those are like a hundred bucks a piece, and that's not bad. Those are like, yeah, good bang for your buck like microphones that you can use, and a lot of people use my use those specific ones for recording. I know Tim Ferriss does, uh, Jocko Podcast also does use those, so. Um, I just thought, okay, I, they use a hundred dollar mic. Okay, they cut that into a third, and let's yeah. see what we can yeah. do. So you know, for six six sixty four dollars, I got you know both of these. Nice. And do surprising, I mean, knock on this table here. Not I don't know if it's wood or not, but anyway, <laughs> uh, like so far they've worked. You yeah. know, and, and they pick up really well. Like their stuff, they're they're to me they're quality enough to where like okay, I consider using them for other things. Yeah. But like for situations like this where I didn't want to bust out, cause I, I usually. To also, also be cost efficient, I have another mixture like this one, mm-hmm. but it's an older one, so I don't have the USB out. Gotcha. So I bought this one for the USB out, so I can connect it straight to my computer, and then I can mix it the way I want. Right. Now, usually I have that. I can have four microphones. I'm like, well, there's going to be five. Or I, was, I was still counting for five people because uh, Eddie brought his friend last night. So I was like, well, if she's here, then I'm going to have her on too. Like, I'm down to just have a conversation. Right. And... Uh, but in this case, it's okay. It's us. It's five. I don't have five outlets. You know, five yeah. inputs. So it's like, well, we'll just do two condensers. And so far, I mean, I, I like what I hear in my ears, but it just surprises me how well they work. To where it's like, okay, it seems to be worth trying out something, even if it's cheap, and then test. You know, yeah. I, I'm I am good about returning stuff. You know, like oh, if, yeah. if, it, if it breaks, like okay, hey, it doesn't work. I'll get a better one next yeah. next time. And using these mics has has helped me realize. Cause I've been we've been this is the. 15th episode, I believe, of our podcast. So we're almost three months, three months in? Yeah, we're almost three months in. 
Four months in. Four months. Four months in. We started in. Oh my God. Okay. Four months ago. We started January, right? Yeah, it was January. It was. Yeah, we're already going to be in April. Yeah, we're going to be in May. So, so six. So yeah, sixteen will be four months. My bad on the math, but uh, it's terrible. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be able. I shouldn't uh, do that. Anyways, but going from there to now, and they're still. I mean, I said they're still working. It's it's pretty incredible. Like even these things. Yeah. Red. Yeah, I just use like a. Like a seventy dollar like Behringer V one is my condenser that I use, and I think it's great for yeah. what I, I need it for. It seems like Behringer is like the the, the brand to go to, like if you want to cost cut for a little bit. You know, yeah. if, if you're looking to expand eventually, you want to get a, you know good stuff. But or even the X thirty two, you know, if you get an X thirty two, like you're set, yeah. man. Yeah. They were they were like a second mover, Brian. Like to put it into business terms, where Yamaha made their I don't even know what model it is, but Yamaha made their where let's say it's. How much is the Behringer X32? Like, three, like let's say three grand, like after taxes, yeah. maybe. Let's say it's three grand. Well, Yamaha's like eight grand, right? So let, let's just do that ratio comparison. And Behringer waited a little bit, made the exact same idea, put Behringer on it, and now you save five thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. Like it's 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 pretty cool. I like looking for those things. Like those are things that I like. It's like stuff like that, and that's why I like using these mics. It's like, oh well, yeah, it's thirty bucks a piece. And yeah. Crazy. That's what I was, we use like Behringer monitors all the time too. Like you don't need like the super high fidelity. You know, it just needs to be loud and it needs to be able to like work a bunch of times. And when it breaks, I can trade it in and easily get a new one. Yeah. So, or fix it yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just gotta like know where to put those budget items in your your setup. Right. That that makes sense. You know, budget items. I think we can all account for that. Eddie, or Eddie, sorry. Freddie, I keep, dude, I've been saying that, all, I, honestly, I think because it's Freddie and Eddie, like, I've been saying that all weekend since I picked up Freddie yesterday. Uh, not intentional, not intentional, not intentional, I promise. But, uh, I think in engineering, would, could you give an example of, uh, of a good cost-cutting measure that allows you to then spend more on something that's more important? Well, it would be, depending on the product, its quantity, and then depending on its lifespan, too, you gotta think about it, because most people design for, or even just in speaking in general, there are, you're talking about 10-year lifespans, 25-year lifespans, or even anywhere along those lines that you got to think about is, like, for example, we were talking about his uh, amps, right? Uh, speakers, yeah, speakers. Um, well, you're buying a, just throwing, like, a $50 speaker, and it's going to last you 10 years right. when maybe the uh, $150 speaker is going to last you 15 but if you keep on every 10 years, you keep on switching it for the lower model that's done the same quality type of work, um, you're then saving that money along the line, and you can actually use it for a better part or a better um, any kind of trinket that's gonna amplify your. Right, 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 right. Any, any, other, anything else you need to use? What do you guys use for drafting? What, what software? Uh, mostly uh, uh, AutoCAD Civil 3D. So, could you use a cheaper software that'll do the same thing? Uh, actually, um, or well, is it pretty specific. Uh, depends. No, it's the reason this one's actually. Um, I, I personally enjoy uh, enjoy the best because you have an AutoCAD regular version, but it's a it's a two D type of program, and then obviously in the civil three D it's it's three D, which is um, what I love about it is that before you would just see a whole plan on sheet and just like the what it looks on top. Right. But what civil three D goes into it's like you see the picture on top, and then you see what's inside of it. What like it breaks down the model. I mean, imagine like a little like a rectangle, and then it it faces it towards you, and you see that everything that's going on under that under that rectangle. So, it, I mean, it, it's just a better type of model. I mean, there's, every every city, every firm has their own different type of uh, 
programs that they use specifically, like even the even state jobs, they have their version of AutoCAD, which is a microstation. It's in a sense the same thing, but because they use that type of formatting for all their jobs, it's I guess it's more pre uh, preferred in the state and uh, state jobs. Right. But uh, there's many more. Uh, when I got out of, when I got out of school, they uh, I had a crash course in uh, this program called WaterCAD. That it uh it takes a whole area and it tells you uh the specific flooding or you can install your own water system where the water is going create like create it just straight up from scratch mm -hmm. and I mean it, it was pretty awesome learning a whole a whole new program from from scratch. Do you have any experience like that, Brian? Learning a program from scratch? Several programs. How was that experience? Um, it's tough. It's tough when when you got to do it on your own like. And uh, and even sometimes the most experienced people, like well, this is like work related, right? So even the most experienced people at work don't fully know like how to exploit it to its full potential. Mainly because, like for example, this one this one program we use is a little bit outdated already. So it's kind of like things. It, it's a program that like the older people would use who have kind of already filtered out and. The people below them never learned it to its full potential, so it's like every time, uh, you know, when people come in, they, they know less and less about the program, and the people who know more are like kind of leaving. So it's 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 frustrating to learn to you know try to learn something on your own. Um, I think I think uh, eventually what's going to happen is we're just going to end up upgrading, and all of us who are there now will be able to navigate it better than when we navigate. Our current system but uh, yeah that's a that's a kind of a big frustration at work about tech the program is only as good as the monkey behind the screen something like that yeah, but with improper training it's the same thing with, with us because like um, the program does so many things in it and honestly the program can't even do the calculations for you so if you yeah. if you don't know how to use it you don't know how to tell it to if, do it if you don't know how to get its full potential out of it you're really just wasting time and money yeah that's a big frustration Eddie yes do you have a process when you're trying something new or writing a new song like like I guess involving you, you. <laughs> oh I, w I would prefer the new process because you, you I think I know your process pretty decently on I'm thinking we cover your songwriting process here and there. Yeah. Uh, so I guess whenever you try, if you're trying something new, and this could go back to you like starting the starting the band that that is grown to what it is now. Well, I'll use a pretty recent example, and then I'll probably talk about the band a little bit. Go ahead. But um, um, uh, so I just recently get really frustrated asking people to design concert posters for me, and then paying them, you know, twenty five, fifty bucks or whatever, seventy five bucks to do one concert poster, and then it's just like not like where I want it to be so I'm just like really tired of paying that expense and the one thing that has always really stuck with me like pursuing this career is that like the more the more self-sufficient you are the more you're going to be able to like just really last and save your money which is a super big necessity right when you're like starting out music career so you seem to be able to be more self-sufficient be able to do uh, you know shit on your own so I just like sucked it up went and bought photoshop for like 150 bucks and then like just been playing with it and so um, messing around with that has been really new, and I've been really <laughs> adventurous with it. Um, I spend like at least an hour a day on it. It's actually the first thing I've been doing in the morning every day is I get on and I do Photoshop. That makes sense. But, um, and so messing around with it initially, 
I would just go into like all the functions on the toolbar and then like that's on the side and then just kind of mess around and see what they do and like see what it's like to upload a picture. Um, I'll watch, um, well my thing is I want to design concert posters, right? For when we have gigs, when we have shows, so we can have something cool to present, right? And um, so I'll look up like uh, video tutorials, YouTube of like someone doing a concert poster and that gave me a lot of ideas as far as like how to mesh a picture in with the background and like changing opacity and, or is it opacity? I don't know. Anyway, but <laughs> sure. like messing with all that and then like learning how to crop things out or learning how to um, like, you know, the essential Photoshop skill, of just like cropping something out and then pasting it in another, in another photo. Right. Right. So it's just a super essential skill. And uh, so I've been dealing with all that. And then I also will find examples of concert posters that I love. Um, a lot of them or Dwight Yoakam posters, actually, which is mm. uh, no coincidence there, but I'm a big <laughs> fan of Dwight Yoakam, but um, all of his concert posters I really love, so I'll pick one, and then I'll try to imitate it, and I'll think about, like, you know, what's the, what's the first layer? What's the core layer of the concert poster? Is it, like, the, the all-white background? Is it an all-black background? Is it, like, like what's going on in the back, and then what's going on over it? So you kind of have to, like, I, I learned on my own that you kind of have to start from the, from the back forward and, and kind of work your way up there. So I'll stop blabbering about Photoshop. Um, well, I was like, what, what, what I was going to ask, or I guess, I guess entail was like, you have to have, a, you have to understand what the foundation is. Sure. Then be able to add details. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't know what that foundation, if you don't know that backdrop, you know the ultimate color that you know it's going to draw, you know you can't, you can't put details without right. a foundation, which, which is your macro. That's your right. picture. That's that's your end goal. You know. Yeah, it's okay. a good way to look at it. And um, even like now when I'm like, well, I'm trying to make like this graphic for the for the podcast. Like, and I was, like, sending you guys what, like, I was, like, trying to go after what I was trying to imitate, and it's, like, just going back to that, well, you can't imitate it if you don't know what's happening in the picture, like, like, so, like, you gotta know that that black box that's there at the bottom is, like, like, just a little shadow box, right? So, it's, like, a black box that you have to draw by yourself, like, rectangle tool, mm. and then, and then draw over it, and then it's completely black until you change the effect on it, right? Right. So, you, like, move the opacity down, I think I moved it down to, like, 35%, so it shadowed a bit. And then I also put like a shadow effect on it, so it'd be a little more like gradient. So, um, so you know, it's like those little things that they really just have to like pay attention for and look out for, or otherwise you're just gonna have a really poor photo. Man, I mean that's not my field. I'm I'm not an artist, and neither am I. It's just like I've just been well, learning well, that's, that's, well, that's what I was gonna what I was, what I was gonna bring up is like you know those things that you don't think about. That you're so passive, you know. Uh, one thing that I did read, I can't find it in my journal, I have it here somewhere, but anyways, uh, was, you know, getting, oh, I was in the Chris Seca and Till Titans. Mm -hmm. You get, you start learning details about things. You start getting to the intricacies of whatever you're trying to learn. And because of that, you then forego or be, are very passive on, like, the foundation. Or you're very passive on, like, the easy stuff you should catch before you get into the details. And sometimes it's not even so much that you're focused on the details, but sometimes it's just, like, you're kind of an autopilot. So you've let you've let the easy things go, right? You know, and and that's something that I've been trying to think of think of lately. And when Eddie's been sending me these graphics and the examples that he's been that he's been liking, and I'm like, man, like that's what I've related to. You know, is is being passive to the easy things. You know, it's like you know, uh, I guess, like I guess I can kind of compare it to my guitar playing in the sense of like I'm not the fastest player. I'm not a chicken picker. I love Telecasters, but I also love you know PRS, you know, uh, humbuck guitars. And, but the foundation, I guess the foundation of guitar playing is there. It's just my details are different, you know, and that's, it, to me, it, it ties in. To me, it all ties in. And I can tie in jujitsu. I can tie in reading. I can tie in my process of learning something new now, uh, just setting up your foundation. Uh, 
connection. So I don't know you did jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. I just started jujitsu. October twenty fifth was my first day. October twenty sixth, twenty fifth. Sorry, twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. Uh, and I, I, I mean, right now I'm going like once, twice a week. Uh, some I'm, I'm trying to reevaluate my scheduling. Um, sometimes it's not that I can't go, but like maybe I'm too, I'm so loose that I, yeah. I'm just, I'm scared to maybe break or you know tear something or oh, yeah. get an injury. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've been practicing jujitsu and actually funny thing, if you'd have been here last night, me and Freddie rolled for, 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 yeah. for a little while. That's awesome. Uh, we did it here. We had we had space here in the room, so I was like, hey, dude, like before we do anything or get full or whatever, it's like let's just roll for a little bit. And it was just one five minute round. It wasn't That's cool. Eddie and his friend walked in, so it was it was, <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> Freddie's like, we're still gonna go. I'm like, yeah, dude, like <laughs> yeah, finish the round. Nice. It's like it's one five minute round. Like it's not you know it's not yeah, gonna, yeah. it's not gonna be that bad. Man, but I'm pretty lapsed. I used to train every day, but yeah. I've, I've lapsed the past few years. So I want to get back into it though. That's get, fair. Yeah. Get back in better Man, shape. I don't know if there's any academies in 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 the Harlington area. I know uh, that guy who refs for UFC. Uh, Jacob <laughs> Montalvo. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. But I know he runs like local tournaments, and oh, he he refs for UFC sometimes. I see him cool. on the TV. I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, very cool. That's awesome. So I think I'm gonna try some open mat over there. Interesting. Yeah, hell yeah. I, I would say if you can at least do that, I mean something like that. I know for me, like I have well, Freddie likes to roll, so I roll with him whenever we can. I mean, not we do it every day or anything. Right. But uh, I have a cousin. He's 15, and he's curious enough, but he won't commit. So it's it's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna force him to do it. But he likes to roll with me. Oh yeah. So uh, so like I use that to of course train with him, but. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Just open mat, you know, just get some rolls and get the sweat on. And, yeah. I mean, get sweat on quick. I mean, we did five minutes, and it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I need shroom check. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm out of, like, my, the supplement I take for oxygen. But Yeah, I uh, think it's going to be mostly the, the, like, endurance for me. That cardio, that back, Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, 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 man, I, oh, I tell these guys, I mean, it's, to me, jujitsu is now intelligent to everything. Because even one example that I'll give, like, to you as a musician is, like, Okay, I, I learned this lick that Mo Haggard played, or Mo Haggard's son played, or whatever. It's okay. Can I use the same five notes going up the fret, down the fret, different position? Will it give me a different sound? Will, it give, will I get a different pluck? Right. And to me, I, I do associate that with uh, jujitsu. Because yeah. jujitsu, you start in the guard, or you start being in, you know, being trapped in the guard. Right. And then from there, you know, you get out, or you sweep, or you get swept, you know, either way. But if you get swept, okay, do you have a Kimura? Is there a move that you can do, even though you're on defense, right. where it's only a split second of defense, you get back on offense, and you submit, you know? No, go no, go. I was just going to say, I was just going to, sorry, I mean, just, I was just going to say, like, that's how I now tie in jujitsu. That's why, like, right. even if I go twice a week, it's like, okay, how am I going to apply this method or this move to what I'm doing in, you know, real life? Yeah, I thought the, the strategy was really interesting. Uh, we used to do this drill. Um, the, the school I, like, used to train at was part of the Hoist Gracie Network. Oh, And, like, shoot, when he would okay. come for seminars, like, we would do um, this this weird, like, drill. He would call it, like, uh, like chess. So, like, you, you start off in a certain position, and you only get one move at a time. It's like yeah. chess. You know, you take turns back yeah, and forth. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, okay, I'm going to work for, you know, I'm going to grab your wrist, mm -hmm. and that's my move right there. And then now it's the next guy's turn. So it really gets you thinking, like, multiple moves ahead. Yeah, like you have. Would, and, it gives you, but, and it also gives you time versus right. when you're in a free roll for it's seven minutes. You have, you have that. You all, and this is one thing that one of my friends from Jiu-Jitsu told me, and it makes so much sense. Like, when you're rolling, whatever you have in muscle memory is what you're going to react. Yep. If, you, if you learn to move and you haven't developed it yet, 
it's you're not gonna get to it in a roll because yeah. whatever because you have to think so far ahead you have to uh, or what what's gonna happen is that it's it's almost a memory once during the roll and that that makes to me that makes so much sense and that's cool because it gives you that allotted space to let your brain yeah. process wrist okay okay now he's got my ankle okay foot lock maybe go, maybe is he going for a foot lock or is he just gonna sweep me you know what is he what is he gonna do next so yeah it's cool super you, interesting man. you have to think about like what you're setting up offensively and also what he is like so you're thinking both offense and defense yeah. you know? like yesterday I got I was going for a triangle on Freddie and and he rolled a certain way arm bar like it yep. didn't take but a second to just flip my flip my leg and arm bar right and that was it yeah and right over his head right and it and but after, after he tapped and I, I let go and I was like oh my god like it, just, it was one of those things where it's like oh yeah. you know and it happened that quick the next one ha- and we continued the round and uh, I was gonna go I think I was gonna I was aiming for an arm bar but on side mount okay. on him right and he again I saw the window and I got him in an Americana Nice. And that was and that was the end of the round. But it was like, oh, like it was weird. I don't know. I guess just talking about continuing about jujitsu. Like, Andy yeah. forgot to start the timer. Oh, I did <laughs> the second time. <laughs> so we might have gone like six minutes, but it's yeah. okay. I almost had your bag. I mean, I had your bag. You had my bag. Eddie you saw had his you. Back. And, he's and like, I was even like frustrated. Poirier was like, "You had his back. What <laughs> happened? Why'd you let go?" <laughs> I, I tried. I, I tried sleeping in. The, uh, my left arm, but I couldn't get it. Because he tried to slip in his oh, left yeah. arm. I turtle, shrimp, turn around, then back into you know back into position. Right. But oh, going to going to that like, like even if I'm like as long as I'm training weekly, it's not much. It's not a daily thing. If I'm training weekly, like I'm still learning something, right? I'm still able yeah. to use moves that I've learned that I haven't used it, and then reestablishing my arm bar, reestablishing my triangles. You know, like, like this week was my first time, and I since October to now, it was my first triangle submission. In jiu-jitsu, like, we do gi. I, I, I primarily go for gi. Uh, we have no gi on Fridays, but I, to me, gi allows me to maneuver and use my brain a certain way that uh, no gi, I'm not into it right now. It's not that I don't like it. It's not that I don't think it's important, especially when we're on the public. You know, honestly, and I, I brought this up with the guys, is that when, I'm, when we're out at a gig, I, I am watching Eddie's back. I am watching Gonzo, you know, all these guys. You, you know, you're with us this week or today. Like, yeah, I don't want you out. And I... I and I guess it's it's not a paranoia thing, but it's like I'd just rather even have you here. You know, I'd rather have everybody here or whatever. Like Denver went with JJ, cool, they're with him. Right. Gonzo's with his girlfriend, cool, they're you know they're they're good to go. Um, but that that that's goes beyond. Now tra- now rolling with Freddie for let's say seven minutes yesterday, and he hasn't trained since. When when did you go try it out? Uh, well, the last time I went was probably like at least a good month ago. It was over a month, I mean, maybe two months two ago. Months? Let's say two months ago. So let's let's say in theory he hasn't trained for two months. And I submitted him twice in seven minutes, which is not a lot. I get, man, we have some great guys that they go for their their tournament players. Yeah. So I love rolling with him because, okay, we have this one force drive white belt. He's gonna be a beast, bro. No, oh, he's, yeah. he's 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 getting ready for MMA. He's getting he's gonna have he's gonna have a great. To me, he's gonna have a great career. Yeah. Because he trains six days a week. Yeah. He trains six days a week and he's he's ready. So I train with him, and when I train with him, it kind of, I was my, my table turned when I train with Freddie. Cause it's the same ratio. It's the same idea, you know, where it's like, okay, I submitted him twice, cool, whatever. And it's not a big deal. We sh- submit, shake, go again, you know. Yeah. And same thing with with uh, that. I call the jujitsu colleague, I guess. Um, where that, you know, he's. I mean, dude, I think in seven minutes, this last I rolled with him Tuesday. In seven minutes, he had to have gotten me like five to eight times, like yeah. easily. Like, 
I get something, I try to stay out of his guard. Because what I've learned also, and maybe this is just giving, giving away like jujitsu stuff, is like, okay, I'm weak at, let's say I'm weak at getting away from grips. Well, don't let him grab you in the first place. You know, yeah. like stuff like little details like that that I'm picking up on now. So with him, I'm still, I guess I'm still trying to figure out his strategy, but he's so versatile because he trains every day. Yeah. And he has, actually he has a younger brother. I think he's like 14, 15. And he's also going to be a beast because he trains with his brother yeah. every day. And his brother takes him every day. They go in. But the cool thing is, like, versus my cousin where he's kind of not into it, like, wholly, his brother's also into it, so he enjoys going. You know, it's, they're all about it. So it's, I'm very interested and very happy. I'm very excited to see where their jiu-jitsu, if they pursue jiu-jitsu full on or if they go into MMA, you know, I'm very excited to see where they go. Because it's like, it's so cool. It's so cool. The process of chess, human chess, you yeah. know, bringing that element in and then, Using it and then thinking about it, you know, out in public you know, when you're out doing things. Um, one thing I brought up, I mean, you, I don't know, you have, maybe you haven't heard the podcast yet, but one thing I brought up is how some people will maybe learn something like in school or they get a college degree or whatever, so they feel like they need to get that job. And we're like, well, can you find a couple tools that you learned in school that you can use for the job you have today? Maybe you're working towards that job. Maybe you're working to right. build some experience, whatever. But using them as tools as opposed to, like, an entitlement, like, oh, I have this degree, so I should get a criminal, like, you know, whatever whatever degree you get, you know. Right. Uh, very interesting. Go ahead. Um, there's actually a, a co-worker of ours. Uh, she, I want to say she graduated probably around 2004 from college. Okay. But uh, she got a uh, psychology degree, mm. and she's working in the construction field with, engineers and contractors because that, that ever since like uh probably she graduated like that was the first type of job that she got it had to do with construction because the years of just experience and experience and experience right yeah she has a degree it has nothing to do with construction or engineering or anything like that but she still because of her experience mm-hmm. in that field she is still qualified to do it and imagine i imagine the macro for this podcast is like a psychology degree you can do a lot with psychology. If you, if you, yeah. and there's like psychology of marketing for business, you know, any type of business, psychology of like, of course, the human being, society, you know, then you have sociology, right? But like in her case, where maybe she, you know, she likes construction, so it's like, how can I apply so psychology? Well, like, you develop relationships, you, you know, you learn about the person, you, you develop that relationship, get to talk to them, get to know them. That's very cool. I like, I like hearing stuff like that because to me, that it, I don't even know how to say this. It just, I like when people use what their knowledge as tools and not as like, oh, I need to do a particular thing. I can't do anything else. You know, I, I it's like, you know, you have you have everything at your hands. You have the internet, and especially now with the internet, you know, yeah. you have everything at your hands. Like, just Google it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So cool. Yeah. Uh, another thing. Well, I'm just gonna t- I'm just gonna tell Alex, but like, like I read frequently. Um, all types. I mean, it started with like military books. And then I got in, like this year, this year it seems to be heading into, I'm reestablishing my like military leadership books that I've read, like just reestablishing those things that I learned and using them more consciously and then reading like finance books. Like right now it's like, I'm, all I'm thinking about, like I'm 25, I'll be 26 later this year. And all I'm thinking about is like, okay, what do I need to do to get my parents retired in a timely fashion? And then from there, like after, after, after I, I kind of mentioned this in the podcast previously, other podcasts previously, but. You know, once I figured out theirs, I was like, I can just live off that same amount. Like, you know, all that, I can live off that same account. Right. Once I start the account, which I'm going to actually do very soon, um, it seems like it's just going to fall in, you know, using it. It's like, man, it's cool. So that's why, like, when we're talking about using tools, it's like, right. to me, it's so important. It's so important. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever you've learned, 
one thing that I mentioned last week was because I have my cousin and I don't, I get him. He stays with me every other weekend. So the way I put it was like I'm not focused on the 12 days that I don't have him. I'm focused on the two days I do have him. Right. So for those 48 to 36 or 48 to 72 hours, two three days that I have him, you know, maximizing that, using every tool I can to just fill his brain with knowledge. You know, as much knowledge and whatever I've learned. You know, whether good or bad. You know, anything can be mistakes I've done. Like sometimes, and what I like about you know what I like about my cousin is that he'll call me out. Yeah. And it's like okay, you're right. You know, he's 15. Mm-hmm. But he's like, hey man, you're full of shit or whatever. <laughs> whatever. You're like, okay, cool. You're you're right. You're right. You know, good, cool. Very, very uh, enlightening, yeah. I would say. Sure. Speaking of um, younger family members calling us out for shit, my brother called me out for drinking Topo Chico yesterday. And he then? said it was super hipster. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I'm not a hipster. He's like, that's something a hipster would say. <laughs> so you're in denial, Eddie. No, I know I'm a hipster. <laughs> Recently, I ran into like a list of things that like exist in Hispanic culture that which hipsters are now like adopting, and it's yeah. like these things have existed like forever. For, oh, this, like, <laughs> like, like Topo Chico. Yeah, like Topo has been a cure for everything. Yeah. yeah, and I've never been like a huge fan of it, but now that I'm trying to live a little healthier, like yeah. watch what I eat. Like I don't drink soda like nearly at all. Um, I'll spoil myself occasionally, but I really try to stay away from it. So Topo Chico has been a really good replacement for that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting uh, how you can use like a, a Topo Chico carbonated carbonated water, and you get that sensation. So it fulfills like that yeah that quench for a well, coke. Well, not only that, but they're like just continuously adding flavors. Like they did um, uh, grapefruit now, yeah. and they have I think they've had lime for a while. But yeah, lime's been for a while. Kind oh, of really? Relatively new. Mm, yeah. I haven't heard of that one. How do you say grapefruit in Spanish? It's toronja. Yeah, that's what it says on the bottle. <laughs> That lime is my go-to. That's what's the lime topo. I love that topo, yeah. (laughs) Sadly, they don't sell it in the uh, package of 12 bottles. They only sell the regular in the pack of 12. I have to buy the uh, twist of lime separate. Yeah. They're not that expensive, though. They're like 40 cents, 50 cents each. HB. We've got some topo. (laughs) (laughs) They bought (laughs) some topo. (laughs) The beverage of choice for the evening. (sighs) So cool. Yeah, man. So it was that. That was one thing, and then something about hand pies, they're like empanadas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I forgot what else. There's, so they're, they're it was a list. Yeah. It was a list of things that I was like, what do you mean? Like these, these things are staples in Hispanic Man, culture. But imagine, because they're even let's say staples here in the valley versus like now they're gonna go mainstream. So what's that gonna do? I don't know, man. I really like don't what? know. Like now, like I, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, oh, that I posted. On Instagram, a picture of like pizza, and yeah. I, it got like the most like. like it was <laughs> yeah. one of the, like yeah, your high like all higher posts, reaction. Yeah, it's one posts. of the one of the top liked posts, and you brought up yeah, it's about pizza and tacos right now. Everybody's about it. You, I hear, and I, I was I, this another thing I do. I work at a gym. I I am an exercise trainer, and uh, freaking everybody's Taco Tuesday. Wow. Like they, and one thing Brian brought up several podcast episodes ago was. How, you know, maybe the clients use this, like, end goal to, like, get them through the workout, <laughs> yeah. which is legitimate reason, but I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, I, I can't stand that. Like, I, I don't have the healthiest diet anymore. Like, I've, I've, I haven't fallen off, but I'm way more, like, what happened was once I reached my goal, I was like, I'm in full control of my body. And even now, like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm in full control, so, like, I'm more sporadic with my meals than I used to be. You know, last year I was like, I just doubled down, like literally doubled down. You know, 
from everything from alcohol, cokes, sugar, anything sugar, carbs, uh, is off the door. Uh, anyways, but going back to like the root, which is these clients that you know Taco Tuesday and pizza and yeah, and like some of the clients like no shame there at they they check in on Facebook, and then oh can't wait for my pizza after or or check or Taco Tuesday or whatever it's like but in there was there was something that Mars Bar said okay where he he tries to work out you know daily whether whether he gets a workout in whether it's at the gym or whether he just goes for like you know his two three mile jog or whatever and um, he said on on one of his vlogs that like. Uh, he, he worked out and then he ordered pizza with like one of his buddies I forget his name that yeah. comes over and they, they'll play video games mm-hmm. and that that he had comments where they were like Alex but why do you do this like why do you work out and then you go and eat pizza he's like no I work out so I can have the pizza <laughs> yeah. so it's like yeah, it just kind of depends I guess it, it's it's a good dichotomy I would say because um, even, even Jocko and but his reasoning is like he has kids so he's not going to deny them the kid right. aspect, being a kid, I think there are some situations that maybe we've kn- we've kn- we know kids or we know people our age or older people that maybe we know a little bit of their family history, we know a little bit of their background, where it's like maybe they didn't have a childhood for whatever reason, and so in that aspect, I totally get. So he brings up too, like his favorite thing is a uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's like, like I work out hard. And he's like, I do reward myself, and I'm not going to deny my eight-year-old daughter, you know, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. You know, there's that human aspect, you know. And and that even, and to me, even that decision, is go. it goes beyond even the emotion. It's just being a human being and a decision maker, a conscious decision maker on, you know, uh, hey, I have a daughter. She's a child. And, like, now, well, another thing I do is I substitute teach. Eddie, subs- Eddie substitute teaches, too. And we, we talk about our experiences every once in a while. And uh, that's one thing that it to me every, t- every time I do sub, it just re like establishes a re re. I guess reestablish would be a good word where it, it it reminds me that it's like okay they're they're ten years old they're eight years old you know they're t- even twelve my cousin's fifteen even fifteen because then you know then I see the seniors I like, okay they kind of like, they're getting their foot on the ground but fifteen and younger it's like okay they're kids you know yeah. yesterday. I got to see, I don't know if you guys have seen Moana, the cartoon, Disney cartoon. Uh, it's actually really good. But I didn't get to watch all of it because I had, I did middle school, so I watched the movie. And uh, I got to watch the first 50 minutes six times. <laughs> You're really familiar with it. <laughs> so, so I was able to, like, to get like really grasp, and I even took, I have a full page of notes of like, of like, and what I did with it though was tie it in to either things I've read or, or is there is there a parallel with real things that we experience? And uh, the first thing I got was fear. And how, in this case, so Moana is basically a princess. And she's being raised because she's going to then relieve her dad, which is she's going to become chief of the community. Right. Because her dad only had, they, I, guess, I guess in this movie they only have one child per like family, I guess. I don't know. There's no context. But assuming that that's the case, he had a daughter, so she's chief. There's no, like, oh, it needs to be a male. There was no, like, bias behind that. So she loves the water. And back when he was young, when he was her age, you know, let's say 18, 19, you know, getting ready to be an adult, uh, he had an experience of he loved the water then, 
and they went out on the boat and they went past a certain like barrier that, that they didn't go past anymore. Right. And him and his best friend went out there and his friend drowned. So he has that fear. So that fear is driving him to keep his... Jesus Christ, Eddie. Sorry. You can close the door, did please. You, did you hear all of my... I can hear the toilet flush because the door's open. <laughs> it's uh, natural, people. It, everyone does it. Yeah, but everyone not, flushes not, toilets. Yeah, but not leave the door open. It's still, it's still open. <laughs> Freddie, turn off the light. I can hear the light. I hate when people leave the restroom door closed when like no one's using it. I hate that. Why? But what if you take a shit? You don't want anybody to smell that. <laughs> you smell the whole hotel room to smell well, like <laughs> I hate. I hate it when my fumes don't come out. <laughs> I like. I hate being at work and then like the restroom door is like closed and it's a single restroom like the one here in the hotel is and I'm just like. Now I have to knock, and that's awkward. Like knocking is awkward as fuck for me. Because then, like, <laughs> so you're then you knock, and then someone, that's why. And then, the and then someone's like, "Oh, occupied." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to knock while you were like trying to do your business." Occupied. <laughs> 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 that's why you just try the handle. Either they locked it, or it's gonna be awkward. Either I've way. walked. I've walked in on people that who do not lock the doors. I'm like, "Why would you not lock your restroom door? Why would you not do that? I want to see you doing that." Like. I do that uh, even when I'm home alone. Like, same, yeah. 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 You never yeah. check when the light was on instead of like before you knock. Yeah, I'll like peek back through the bottom a little yeah. bit and just like, is the light on or is it not? That's like, usually the go-to. Do I hear like the vent kind of going or yeah. is it not? Yeah. 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 Oh man. I know how you feel about the knocking though. Yeah, it's so awkward. <laughs> um, at the uh, well, the place that Alex works at, the Prelude, they have um, single restrooms, right? But like it like has a sign on the door that says like when not in use, please leave door open, and I'm like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Applause. It's cool because ours are like right by the back door there. Yeah. You're, you're, you're cool. <laughs> so let me get back to fear real quick. <laughs> the fear of knocking? Yeah. When someone's in the restroom? This is going to segue great. Yeah. So, so the dad lost his friend because he drowned. So his fear is that his daughter his daughter's going to go through the same thing. And so she's being drawn. Mm-hmm. And like... And of course, the animation is a kids' movie, so the water like talks to her, and like her grandma, her grandma, which is the dad's mom, is kind of like the crazy lady of the town, and but she's like, but I talk with the water, like she, and she's like, I'm gonna be a stingray when I die, like, and she has like a tattoo on her back. Yeah. It's really intense. Like there are very good, even in those 50 minutes, there are very good moments that I'm like, dang, like okay, so fear, you know, like that, you know, and and I've talked to Brian about this is how your past has so much significance in your fear today. Yes. And I think people don't, they, maybe they don't acknowledge it because they're scared or they don't acknowledge it because they just. Maybe it's a pride thing where they, they don't want ego. to admit that they've been shaped by the way they were brought up. Right. And if they, they try to, they, maybe they try to leave that, they try to leave the past in the past and don't want to acknowledge that their past is in their present. Yeah. Still, still yeah. Especially, and more so, only if you don't let it go. The example, I, I, and I'll give you guys this. I, to me, it's a personal example because it, it gave me so much relief to start going on to new adventures. And that was, oh man, I think it was February three years ago. My grandma had just passed away. So my dad didn't go to, like, they, her, her, my dad and my mom, they go to, my sh- they go to most of the shows. They've been, they've been to the Prelude, too, when we played there. Uh, so, so they would go, of course, they're very supportive and everything, and, of course, that happened, so, you know, he wasn't 
down for entertainment, which is, I mean, obviously, right. I mean, I get it, you know. And for me, it, that was my outlet, you know, to be playing. So, um, later on in that year, we op- I was playing with, I wasn't with Eddie yet, I was playing with another band, and we opened up for Dustin Lynch out of Nashville. And uh, we played that show, and I had a great, I had a great personal show, I had, a, I had fun with the guys that I was playing with, and my dad's like, he's like, you know what, you can, you can do this now, like, because up until that point, I was spending a lot of money on gear. I had just bought a twin reverb. I have my brand new American Telly. Like I'm just, I'm spending, but now I'm spending better. Before I had a Mustang Four. I'm like, what if, like now they're like, what if, it's not a piece of crap for anybody who owns one. But when you're, t- I feel like when you're touring in public and stuff, yeah, uh, that that's that's just you know, it it's not the quality that you need for a full stage, especially when you're playing on a hundred foot stage. You know, you're playing hundred foot across, hundred feet across. And then these guys from Nashville come in with like you know 68 Marshalls or whatever like old Marshalls and uh, badass amps and there's a little of that ego check too where it's like man I want that cool stuff you know <laughs> yeah. now I'm I'm way more selective with my gear but um, anyways so we did this show and I had I already had my twin group by this time but he's like you know what like he's like I I allow you to continue to chase the music. And for me, what that did for me was it just brought so much relief. And, like, I guess it was, like, a, a milestone I didn't know I had. It was getting that acceptance from my dad, who maybe I didn't quite see it as, like, oh, I didn't have his blessing to play music. But given how much I was spending, given... Uh, and at this time, I was living in Corpus, so I'm driving back and forth. I'm, I'm doing gigs here in the Valley, and I'm going to school in Corpus at the time. So I'm putting miles on my car, and I'm... Yeah. You know, all that stuff, and then making sure my grades stay decent. You know, at, at that point, I think I was getting into my business class, so I was enjoying it more mm-hmm. versus, like, the core stuff, basic stuff. Um, but going back to the root, going back to fear, and and if, if I think about it now, the fear makes sense because he's had his trials and tribulations, his way of growing up, his career choice. You know, he, he's a truck driver, so he's also, uh, he also on the road a lot. Yeah. So... Music, it's the same thing being a musician, and by that time I was already. I mean, I'm driving three, four hundred miles a week. You know, like yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm living on the road. You know, essentially, and and uh, but anyways, going back to the fear and this movie, and like that's what I tied it into. That's what I was I tied into. Do you guys uh, have any experience with fear? And it doesn't have to be so deep. I'm just, I'm just curious about the acknowledgement of fear. Man, uh, well, thing for me recently. Um, well, I mean, like, after, like, everything happened with, um, with a certain female individual, like, uh, I guess, like, how long has it been since, since that situation? I don't want to, like, say names, but, well, like, uh, the cool. one where I had, like, my groundbreaking, like, earth-shattering experience. Oh, it's, it's been, like, it's been three, several four, months. Like, yeah, like, January, February? Yeah. I'd say three, four months. I'd say three months. Okay. That's a safe guess. I think it's probably been a little more, but, yeah, it's about, about around that time. Then, like, after that, I've been holding on to, like, uh, like, like, feelings a lot closer, a lot harder a lot deeper so it's like it's not very easy for me to like um reach out anymore and then um at least like when it comes to like getting romantic i guess you know like mm-hmm. it, it like it takes a lot for me to get to that point now i feel like and then um on top of that it takes a lot for me to admit how i feel i think which is like not something that's that's something that's new to me because i've never had a problem expressing my emotions and now i have like i feel the world of problem expressing my emotions and then um i'm trying to think of like what else is because what else is going to say with that um was kind of losing my train of thought into it. 
Well, it's just you're talking about f- fear, something that maybe got you starting from that going to where you're at. Well, now. yeah, it, like it made me afraid to like feel that way again. So mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do that. And then I, uh, oh, this is what I was gonna say that I like have noticed that I start to get really defensive when like um, when someone like um, well, with that whole experience, just to recap, like you know, like this girl and I like were getting really close, and then she just like kind of pulled the earth out from under me. So I just, like, felt completely hard to the ground with all that, right? But, I mean, like, a lot of positive things came out of it. Like, I realized a lot about myself anyways from that situation. So, but, um, you know, it was a good learning experience, a good growth experience. But at the end of the day, like, what, like, like half of what happened was like, I had, like, my earth shattered, right? So getting out of that now, when I feel like someone, like, getting distant, I get extremely, like, like defensive. And I'll start to, like, distance myself. And that's, like, something I've been catching with, with myself recently that I've never seen in myself before. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm glad that, like, I have the ability now with, like, where I'm at in my life to be conscious of those things. Because I feel like maybe a year ago or even a little less than a year ago, I would not have been conscious of those things. It would just be happening. And I'd have no, no reasoning behind it or no, um, no way to explain it. No, 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 yeah. yeah, no solid, like, yeah, reasoning, no, no rationale to that. I wasn't I, I wasn't searching for those kinds of answers like with who I was as a person like half a year ago, and now I feel like um, I make a conscious effort to do so. Good. Don't be scared, guys. Don't let the fear stop you. <laughs> don't let the fear stop you. I don't have like a specific example where like fear has like I guess in a sense held me back but lately I have been kind of like letting go of fear because it, it will it, it limits you right you, you stop doing certain things or, or you stop wanting to experience things right because it's part of emotion yeah so I, I've I've been trying to let go of, of the, the fear of the unknown and just kind of like mitigate that by knowing mm-hmm. so you do you do so that you know and then the fear is gone I actually had a really interesting experience um, doing the songwriting class that we have at the prison. Mm, yeah. Because, um, like, I'm a pretty, like, guarded person. You know, I'm not, like, super open with people or, like, very, like, emotionally expressive most of the time. And that's just kind of how I've, I've always been. But, like, examining this stuff, like, through the lens of songwriting is, like, kind of challenging that a little bit. And, like, you know, like, you want to write something that's, emotionally resonant with people and that like they can identify with but i'm always like how like how close do you want to like let people view you you know and i yes keep going i I got um, you yes like that's that's always just kind of a struggle for me and like like i was talking uh when we were at lunch right now with eddie like doing those timed songwriting challenges and you know you have nothing and you like have to just go up and play something in front of these people like i got really frustrated in this last one and it was you know, like that fear of like, I have nothing, like yeah. what is this? And you got to play it for your whole class kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, it's just interesting, like how the like fear is involved in that, that process. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. In addition to what you were talking about was I had that same issue, I would say, with the podcast. Oh, yeah. Because there was one conversation where it was me, Eddie, and Gonzo, drummer, mm-hmm. and... And we and we had a great. It was a great. I mean, sometimes we have some great conversations after after rehearsal. We kind of just decompress and we talk about everything, whatever, whatever's happened in the week so far or whatever. And we got to this. I don't. I couldn't tell you what topic it was. It was personal. Had probably had to do with family or something. 
And I was like, man, and I, I was only in the talks of starting the podcast. It was it was a matter of when. Yeah. I had solidified, okay, it's gonna happen now. When that's what that that's that was the timing for that. And and I had that same debate with myself. It's like, how deep do you want to get? Yeah. And what I what I'm experiencing now is all in. Now I have a vlog. Now I have a blog. Uh, the, the, the vlog I just started this week, that's brand new. The blog I've had for a little while, and it was more sporadic, but now I, I, make, I try to post every day, but not every other day. Right now I've been kind of busy, but I haven't posted for like two days. And we're like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I post it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's over like a stoic like reading, and I'll, I'll reference that to my day and how I use it. If I use it in my day, if I didn't use it in my day, how I might use it tomorrow. Anyway, so so that's what I'm experiencing is that I'm everything, all in, yeah. all in, and just and still learning, still trying to help Eddie in any way he needs me to help him with the band, whether it's communicating with the guys, making sure they understand him, I understand him, uh, anything like that. Brian, he has his little ventures that's going on. Besides, he he works at a bank, but he also does out stuff outside the bank. Um, Freddie, we're still developing that because I feel like Freddie, I, I just don't see him as much. Mm-hmm. We're, we hang out. Whenever we can, like, the weekend, we're cool. You know, he has his Monday through Friday gig, you know, at work. So that's that. We're, like, Eddie and Brian, you know, I see sporadically throughout the week. Eddie, because we have rehearsals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, I, I remember distinctly talking to them, too, about what you're talking about. And now it seems like I'm just going all in. Just showing everybody exactly what I do throughout my day. And it includes reading, working at the, the gym, gigging with Eddie, uh, the editing the podcast, writing my blog then getting the vlog continued you know whatever um and we'll see where it goes and it's very young uh, that i that i'm seeing and this one thing i talked about we talked about i talked about with brian last week was that leading up to this year 2017 it's like cool i'm 25 being 26 and now it's like i look forward to being 26 because of how much more i'm gonna know by then yeah as opposed to the retrospect of the, the, or not the retrospect, but the opposite. Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be 26. Like, oh my god, I feel like I haven't done anything. It's like, no. Like, what what can I do, what can I do from now April until November 2017 when I turn 26? Like, how much how much can I do? You know, and, and that's that that seems like where my my year is being navigated towards. And that like I said, that includes just everything. When you get to be part of today's podcast is just one element of like stuff that I like doing. That's that's another thing that I'll side note is like if it's not a hell yeah, don't do it. And that's one thing that we've told Eddie, me and Brian have talked about it because it's off of a Tim Ferriss podcast and, and it's in his book too, off Derek Sivers, which is, uh, Derek Sivers is the founder of CD Baby. Mm. He then made a $22 million deal to sell it and now he's like doing whatever he wants. <laughs> you know, he's, doing, he's doing any entrepreneurial things he wants, basically. Yeah. It's not that he's doing anything he wants. But Can I um, sidebar on that really quick? Go on, ahead. Um, if it's not yeah. hell yeah, don't do it. Yeah. How do we feel about like, Things that aren't hell yeah, but like lead to hell yeah is like kind of like a sidetrack to a hell yeah. Like, because like I was like venting to you about my work situation the other day mm-hmm. of like teaching lessons yeah. and like how like sometimes it's frustrating for certain reasons. Right. Overall, like I love the job because of my students, because um, I like being there for them and, and helping them achieve breakthroughs. And it's been happening a lot lately, so it's been good. Right. But there's, you know, of course, other aspects about it that I'm not Fond very of. happy with. And so I'll like start to vent. And then you'll bring up, well, if it's not a hell yeah, then don't do it. And I'm just yeah. like, well, he's like, well, I need the job. He's like, well, I need the job because I want to do what I want to be able to do. He's like, is that a hell yes? Yeah. So he's like, then 
everything else is out. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. we, I don't know if we want to try to tell it in, Brian, or, or give maybe your piece, because that's, that's what happened. And I told you, like, I, I guess, like, if you can focus on the macro, the micro doesn't matter. And that goes to the macro patient's micro speed. Yeah. Just moving, moving, moving. Not worried about, I mean, getting through the lesson and then going on to the next lesson. But like, like that, that's all I can say. That's all I have to say to not even elaborate, just reiterate of that. You know, if the macro is that important, then that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got, that's all I got for that. I don't know if anybody can elaborate on maybe if they've had an experience on a hell yeah or not a hell yeah. Well, I have a possible experience in that. I, I tried mentioning a little bit to you about it yesterday okay. uh, when we were coming into the hotel, but um, ever since... Uh, my nephew told me about this uh, shoe that he bought that he he paid probably like about three twenty to three sixty for the shoe. But I remember that weekend I was in I was in Austin and I was for some reason I woke up like around eight thirty and I was just looking at that website that where they bought the shoe and at the real retail price it was about one hundred and sixty. So I had that moment and I legitimately uh, I had it already in stock. I had my size because I, I wanted it for myself. But at the end I just I gave up on it. But I had the shoe. I was about to purchase it. It had Apple Pay, so I could have, I could have had it right then and there, straight up at nine o'clock when they went out. Right. And I, I was so mad when he told me how much he paid for it, just because of the fact that I was like, I had it for one hundred and sixty, and I could have sold it for three twenty, three three sixty, the a uh, couple weeks later or a week later. Right. And I'm starting to think like, I right now it seems like a yeah I want to do it or, or like not a hell yeah moment, but I, I want to start kind of, get into that I guess maybe in investment or the, in a purchase right I, I get what you're saying now so the biggest thing for someone like that is that you need to just jump in culture the thing is that and this is something that I tell Brian and Eddie a lot because sometimes so it's good to think about the but when you ponder too long too much time has passed and nothing has been done you know so what I always tell Brian and Eddie it's like okay then just jump in you have you have to go like the vlog I started it Sunday and it's like just very briefly put together and and then like a couple of days later I got a text from a friend like dude I've been wanting to do that. I'm like, dude, I, I just do it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm and for me, what it is for me is that I'm not worried about messing up. I'm it, it's zero factor. Cause it's gonna happen. It, the the mistakes are inevitable. You cannot calculate for a hundred percent of your mistakes or and it's it's not gonna happen. It's it's literally I think it's physically, mentally impossible to, to calculate every single mistake so because of that because i don't have a hundred percent on the on that uncertainty i just maximize okay i have a phone it has a, the movie maker i learned how to use it go like just go and if and like the my episode for thursday i forgot to put my site my because i usually have like a like a appearing title and then i give music credit right for whatever music i'm using for the for the vlog episode and I still have the credits on the actual caption, but the, I, I like doing it so, so people can see it, you know, because right. there's some artists that I found, like, on YouTube, and, like, they let me use their music. And actually, Brian's the one who helped me with that. And, uh, and it's pretty cool. Like, I'm hoping, like, people will let, then go into, like, their stuff and then buy their stuff, you know. Like, yeah. some of it's really good. And, like, I've been really into dubstep lately. Like, that's been my shit, like, lately. It's, like, just been, like, jamming dubstep every day. So um, that's been my thing. But going back to Freddie's point is, is that if you – want to get uh, into investing um, and this is something, and I'm glad you bring it up because this uh, investing I've been talking about it heavily for the past maybe month or so that I've been reading a certain book and um, 
you you want to navigate and find what could go wrong now. But if you have like a good five, six issues that you can maybe fix now, once you fix those, then jump in. Because if you try to find one more, then you're going to find one more, then you're going to find one more, and then still nothing, you're not going to have accumulated any money. So what I can tell you is that I'm going to start my investing project Hopefully the first Monday of May, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna open up my account with a certain uh, company, and then which I've talked about in the podcast. But anyways, I'm gonna open up my account and just start investing because I have the money. I'm not worried about the mistakes. I'm worried about getting in the game, getting in the game and doing the game. So if you want to do that, you need to get in the game now. Well, that's what I, uh, I was bringing up to the fact that also the, I guess the detail that I was also thinking about was like, what shoe size do I get? Because there are, I mean, obviously there's gonna be kids that all vary from different age and adults as well and I mean granted I mean my shoe size is probably like the most average that it is so I mean I don't think I would have a problem with it but it's just like I guess I was see like that something like that you can you can agree a focus group because you can I think there has to be a way to, to find like average sizes like Brian's focus group is very distinguishable right so you have to find that group so if, if you're if your question is shoe size I'm pretty. You have to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. Ha- I wonder if you can. Ha- if you hashtag like size twelve, if people would put their size. I don't know, but for you, I'd, I'd probably just get like the first, like the most common, like three sizes. Yeah, because you don't need a lot. Well, that's right. what I was thinking. Cause I, I was thinking like maybe I, I was gonna start slow because I was thinking maybe, okay, I was maybe go start off with Amazon. So I would have to sell it there. So I'm thinking like already I got my venue of how I'm gonna extract my product to mm-hmm. the consumer. Right. But my thing was is like okay. I'm going to start off with my shoe size. Make, give it a, a ten and a half, and then, I mean, obviously, if no one buys it, then I have a shoe for myself. <laughs> but Fair. I'm going to start off with one. And then if I notice that within, like, the week, I see somebody hits it or, like, somebody wants to do it. And maybe I, I was like, maybe I should jump into eBay as well because there it will be a bidding war. Yeah. And, and eBay, I've jumped on the, I've jumped on the eBay game. Uh, anything you have laying around, just fucking post it. And then I've, I've made a little bit of money. Brian's made some money, too, just there. The stuff that we have at home that we don't use or whatever. Because, I mean, there'll so be somebody, somebody, somebody that would jump in. Eddie, it's going to get hot time. in here, Eddie. I saw you raise it. It's going to get hot in here. Uh, we shouldn't move. Lower it, too. One more. There, thank you. One more. <laughs> I'm it's freezing. Get hot. It's hot in here. I'm, I'm, I'm like, sweating. Uh, sorry, Freddie. What I think you should also do is that you need to buckle down and get with Brian on this. Because Brian can give you – because you've been doing a lot of research that has already been done that you can dr- build off of. And then he can maybe further further evaluate his business, and you guys can collaborate. Two different businesses, same same idea. Because I, I think he has idea. I think he has the background, better background than I do. I mean, I'm I'm not into that. I all I can tell you is jump in. Okay, you need details. Brian would be the guy to go to. I have I have considered before the whole shoe thing though, because you can make some good money off of a huge release. I know, and it's because like that time that we were announcing, like I saw for for 160 bucks, there was these Jordan. I mean, I know. It's one of the most popular shoes. They were the Jordan 1s, but they were in these royal blue color. And I guess what hit me was I was there, and I was on my phone. I had it in, in the queue. I was ready to check out. And what made it so easier is that with the app, I just go straight to Apple Pay, give my thumbprint, and it's paid. Mm-hmm. And it, they take the money straight to my account, and it gets shipped to my house. But I, I was, I guess I, the personal aspect hit me where I was like, man, I don't know if I would have something to match with it because I wanted it for myself originally. And then when I saw my nephew buy it as well, and I'm like, oh, so you got it for 160 No, I, uh, uh, his dad, his, my cousin was telling me, like, no, I paid, like, three bills for it. Like, it was over 300 bucks that I paid for it. And, I, and instantly my reaction went from, like, oh, you have a great shoe to 
straight up anger because <laughs> I had it. I was right there where I could have made that extra 150, you, extra you, 150 sum. Well, it's not you, that would have been your profit. It's not that it's extra money. It would just been your. It profit. would have been my profit. Yeah, I could have, I could have come up with 100. I mean, it, it, it's 150. I mean, it's not going to be that big deal, but something, something. So we'll sell 100 of them. Exactly. Well, that's what I was thinking right now. That I was going to start with the one shoe, and then if it it goes quick, or maybe do the eBay thing where it keeps on getting a bidding war, mm-hmm. then I will start getting like I'm assuming, 10, 10 and a half, 11, or 10, like going through that range. Spend like at least four hundred dollars, but if I come out with eight hundred, close to a grand on three shoes, which is very possible. Yeah. I mean, why not? At that point, you just jump in. That's all I have for you. That, I suggest yeah. after no, that's up to you. Yeah. If 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 that money is enough driver to say it's a hell yeah, then then that's that's it for you. That's not my game. That's not what I. That's not what I do. So like I I can't go beyond then to tell you go do. And we talked about it last night. We we're talking about the process. And it's like, all I care about is the process. So in this case, you need to start bucking down the research and actually doing that. Like, tomorrow, don't just be on Netflix or go do, do an hour of research. <laughs> like, that, that's, you, that's the difference. So that's the, next, the difference. Next time they ask you what you do for fun, I make money. I make money. <laughs> I sell shoes. And that's cool. You can, you can develop your brand and then you go on from there. Like, that, that's, that, it seems like that's a big part of the game right now is that uh, – if you find something that you like, you then develop your personal brand to then just sell it and monetize that. That seems like the, that's the thing right now. Is monetizing yourself as an, you yeah. know, as as a, as, a, as an individual human being, and which is cool because I like and the the reason why I do like that is that the human being aspect. You being if, if we're gonna talk authenticity, if you're weird, cool. If you're awkward, okay. Keep doing that. To me, that's 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 the that's the foundation. Tying back to the beginning of the podcast, the foundation is that is that if you have foundation, whatever that may be, if you can get rid of some of the fear that has give that has maybe uh, put you in a particular mindset, if you can ease that and then keep pursuing whatever your dream is, then everything else it doesn't matter. You know, to me, to me that this is personally my. I guess biggest opinion is that all the small things it doesn't matter. You know, go do. Alex, you're very active there at the Prelude. Great, you enjoy it. Awesome. It's a hell. It seems like it's a hell, for me. It's hearing you. It seems like it's a hell yeah. That's awesome. And we'll see where it goes. We're very. To me, we're still very young. And I say that in a very Gary V mindset because he's like, if you turn forty, you can still start a business. If you turn fifty, you can still start a business. The it's, no, it's not. What what are the vodka brands? Grey Grey Goose. I think it's the guy who created Grey Goose. He started that. He I think he made like real money when he turned like seventy. I think it's Grey Goose. If not, it's a vodka company. But he didn't make money off alcohol until he turned seventy. And it's like, fucking do, do that. That's all that. That that's what that shows is that if you if if you want it bad enough, you know it's it's hell yeah. For me it's for me, I've told Brian this. What I realized after reading The Go Giver, which is a business book that we kind of briefly. Uh, went over a while back but there's a guy in there and his code name is the connector and for me I'm kind of drawn towards that because I feel like my place is perfectly in the middle I like communicating with a, with a boss I like communicating with an employee you know and I'm in the middle to say hey what do you mean by this hey do you understand this and then we we still meet the angle of the company of the mission whatever that is um, what I what 
this is retrospect, but um, companies co- companies have mission statements for the most part. They have code of, codes of conduct, and usually it revolves around what they want to do. And because a lot of companies have focus on profit, they're missing on the longevity of the company. You know, they're they're you know we're we're in a very instant gratificationized world. I don't even know that's a word. It is now. Um, but that you want the money now, and it's like, but what about the mission statement, CEO? What about the mission statement, C- CTO, CFO, COO? All you like all these chief executives. It's like you, that should come first. And my argument is that if you put the mission statement first, if you put the people that you want as customers first, everything's gonna come along. That that that's my synopsis on that, and tying into foundation, tying into fear, tying into doing process. Every day, every day. Sidebar: I um, just discovered the Holy Bible here in the hotel room. Yes. Which is common. Okay. Um, I just kind of like got to wondering for a second. I was like, why do they like put Bibles in hotel rooms? I know it's like been a thing, but like, why do they do it? So as I was looking in here, like on the cover, it says "placed by the Gideons." And I was like, "Placed? Like, how, how do you mean placed?" So I think like this company called the Gideons International from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, places mm-hmm. Bibles in hotel rooms. Like that's that's what they do. Uh, sorry, I just that, got curious. No, that's fine. No, that'd be an interesting thing to research. I, I don't know. I've I've seen them. I've seen the I've seen the, the name Gideon before. Um, that's an interesting concept. I only know that there's a basically a holy Bible in every hotel room you go to. I I haven't seen one yet that doesn't have a holy Bible. So, and I've been to at least a multitude of of hotel rooms. So, uh, yep, yep, yep. That that be that. But. I'm looking it up. Yeah, Freddie Fre- Fre- beat you. The project was proposed by one of the association's trustees who believe that the Gideons should make it their goal to put a Bible in every hotel room in the United States because it would be a gracious, gracious act, holy in keeping the divine mission of the Gideon Association. So, there, what I just said, and it just tied in right now, the mission statement. What is the mission statement? What is the end goal? Is that more important than your extra five bucks that you might make today? And and that goes back. And I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to reiterate, but it goes back to the hell yeah. It goes back to uh, why are you doing this? Is it only fear driving you? Because if it's only fear driving you, if you ever get that fear fulfilled, it's gonna you move you move on. I think that's kind of what's happened with me. But I still love music so much that it's still what I do. But it's only a piece of what I do. It's not me. You know, that, that's what has told me into the podcast, learning about how to do the podcast, editing and all that stuff, the vlog, reading, making, having, ha- not making, having better conversations, asking better questions. That's, that's becoming my mission that I have yet to find out where it evolved from, but I'm running with it. And that's what I'm doing for now. And so that, that, you know, the Gideon's mission, they wanted that, they did it. Didn't Done. matter how much it costed. Cost, is cost it worth it? Just cost? Okay, that's the first thing. I wonder how much it costs them to do that. I'm sure there's plenty of hotels in the country. Yeah. So imagine if they, if they did every single one per room. That's a lot. That's a lot. I want to put like a tax write off or something. It's they're, possibly is. They're bought through donations. Ah. That's probably why the Bible's the number one selling book in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the Gideon started this. It's all the hotel chains. But see, the mission is still the same because if they believe in. If they believe in the Bible, 
holy and the and the stories that it comes with then they they're at least after after a good thing you know to help humans be kind to each other. all the virtues that you do read in the bible and in multiple religions i'm not i'm not i'm not uh i i'd rather entail all religions because i think at the base at the foundation of religion is that the virtues they hear everywhere which is you know being a good human you know being kind being conscious of how you're speaking to others being you know all these little things that essentially also came from our i think for the most part came from our parents as well you know hey keep your hands yourself hey don't talk you know don't be rude you know hey you know when you're talking to an adult you know be polite you know and now game changer now you're an adult talk polite to a kid how many adults i mean this is this is a serious statement is that how many adults do you hear just talking terribly to a child i hate it i hate seeing that happen it happens everywhere, and, and that those are, but those are real things that I also talk about in the podcast, and because it's important to me, because I have, like I said, I have my fifteen-year-old cousin, and I have two younger cousins, and watching them grow up is like okay, you know, they're going and they're being parented their ways because they have, you know, they have their parents, but I'm very much aware of like okay, how you know how, what's going, what do I need to do, or, or you know, what do I need to do to make sure that this child stays encouraged to to go on to find their mission to then pursue you know past school whatever whatever they want to do, because at this point like even for my cousin because. He doesn't quite know what he wants to do. I said, I, I still suggest go to college first. But if he finds something that he, it's a hell yeah, all in, 100%. Go. Go go do it. You know, go do it. I'll help you as much as I can if I, if I know, if I have any knowledge. But um, that's that's what I tie into, at least for myself. But going back to that, um, parents uh, speaking or yelling to their kids, how do you not know what's there between strict, and yelling. If you yell every single day, it's not being disciplined. It's not being strict. Being strict is like, hey, go pick up the trash. They don't do it. Hey, go pick up the trash. And then walk them through it. Hey, come, give me your hand. Come, pick up the trash. Walk them outside. Walk them outside and throw the trash away. And until it becomes a habit. So, that's not a. It's not an invalid argument. But, bottom line is, if you yell every day, it's not a form of discipline. It's not a form of being strict. You know. If you, that's where the leadership mindset comes from. That's you train up. If you have kids, you train up your kids. And I use train up in a very like I guess it sounds stern, but it's just you know helping the kid grow. I mean, why do you what? I think maybe we've gotten we not we I don't have kids, but maybe maybe uh, from what I've seen from the school because when I talk to, I talk to kids every like almost not every day but mostly every day, I talk to them often enough. Of where. Um, they just want to be heard. And and it's okay like now I don't disagree that hey we need to teach them certain things that that's our that is the adult's duty that is the adult's job. But. Going still going still retracting back to the root Freddie's root of like what's the difference between being strict and you know being maybe mean or or unconsiderate. That's a, that I say I say that's the that's the breaking point. That's that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. That's that's the difference. The dichotomy. There, there's a difference. There's there's a there. I feel like there is an approach to do. Uh, 
to do parenting, to parent, to be a parent, to be a parent, you know. Um, and to me, I tie it back to military leadership. But there's a way to do it with kids. You know, you still talk to them as an 8-year-old. You know, especially, like, let's say you're 30 and you have an 8-year-old. Let's just say 30, 35, you have an 8-year-old. It's like, you're 35, woman or man. You know, like, chill out. <laughs> you know, like, you, you have a child here that looks up, that more than likely than not is going to look up to you until they start, until they get to high school and then they start getting, until they start wanting feedback from their peers. That's when things change. Because that's what happened with my cousin, like, my 15-year-old cousin. Cool. So, you have, you know, those first 15 years to at least lead them away to, a, you know, in a certain direction. And from there, the rest of it's guiding. And then once they go to college, once they decide what they want to do, once they figure out what they want to do, um, the rest of their adults, they, 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 you know, they do. They, they, go, they go off and then start their own mission. They start their own families. They start doing their own thing. I'm going to call it there. It's fun. Eddie, get up real quick. Okay. So I can, uh, so we can close it out. Yeah, no, we're just gonna we're gonna go over. I don't know if you guys want to leave your social media too. You guys can definitely. We'll leave it on here. I can put it on the show notes as well. Cool. If you guys are down. You battery it. We can do all that stuff too. Cool, man. Uh, so let's start with Eddie. Where'd you go this way? Or actually, no, we'll go start with Alex. Start. I'll cut this out. Start with Alex. Start with Alex. We'll go this way and we'll end with me. Uh, so Alex, if you want to give us your social media, if you want to, yeah, just get a little closer. Okay. Send up real quick. Yeah. Yeah, you can always find me at Aquant. A Q U A N T Z on all my social media and just search Battery Ape for the band stuff. You can find me there. Love it. For me, for Eddie, you can find me uh, Instagram, Eddie underscore signs, number three, S A E N Z is how you spell that last name. And then uh, Twitter, it's the same thing without the underscore. Brian, you can find me, Brian, on Twitter at Brian Alejandro underscore, B R Y A N A L E J A N. D-R-O underscore, and if you want to go ahead and follow my act, more active profile on Instagram, go ahead at the intronaut underscore, T-H-E-I-N-T-R-O-N-A-U-T underscore. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Freddy Jimenez, and uh, Twitter and Instagram is uh, Fresters812, F-R-E-E-S-T-E-R-812. Very cool. Before I close this out, I'd like to thank you gentlemen for being here and hanging out South Padre Island. It's been a good afternoon. I think we still have time for like an hour nap, which is pretty cool. Spring break. <laughs> Spring, break. <laughs> Spring break. Take a nap <laughs> for a little bit. Get ready, then get ready for the gig. But uh, my social media, my Twitter and Instagram are at Andy Walker underscore lead. And then my... Facebook, you can find it, facebook.com, then I think it's forward slash Andy Walker lead. What am I missing? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Is that it? And then uh, follow my blog if you want to know what I'm up to. Um, I, I, try to ha I try to show the unique things of my day. Uh, I think as you see, some, some of the stuff is really scheduled. It's, really re it's almost redundant. But it still keeps me moving nonetheless. So you can just search Andy's vlogs. Um, but I don't search it from other computers. Like it comes up, you'll see, you'll see me. I've had, I have like the tags and stuff. Uh, the podcast, Moving With Life. Uh, Instagram, Stitcher. I, Instagram, shit. Moving With Life podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can search that. And 
get back to us with any questions. Podcast.millennial at gmail.com. So it's podcast.m-i-l-l-i-n-n-e-i-l-i-a-l. Fuck. Screw this shit. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get off now. I'm talking too much. All right. I'm getting out of here. Uh, what I do want to leave you with. What I do want to leave with, is that if something doesn't make sense to you, find the variable that allows it to make sense to you.